Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited for today. Today is part two of my conversation with Jim Beebe. Jim is my therapist and the guy is amazing. You guys are going to love him. If you have not listened to part one, I'd encourage you to pause this episode, jump back into episode five, which is my first conversation with Jim. Jim talks about acceptance and you know, how do we live in these places in our lives that are very uncomfortable? Today, episode six, which is part two, we kind of wrap up that conversation with some more tools and tactics. And Jim really explains really articulately, but in a very simplified way, you know, just some tools to have more compassion and grace for ourselves as we're walking through difficult things. And you guys, anybody with 38 years of experience of working with human beings, I'm telling you, it's worth listening to. So obviously, Jim has had a huge profound impact on my life and on countless people that I know. And so anyways, when Jim talks, I listen. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And here's a little bit more background about Jim before we dive in. So Jim is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's been a therapist for 38 years, which is absolutely incredible. Jim really has a pastor's heart, a shepherd's heart. He received his bachelor's from San Jose Bible College and his master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary in Marriage and Family Counseling. Jim is the founder and the director of Abundant Life Counseling, and he really has a heart for integrating God's word and seeking wholeness spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Jim has a beautiful family with two grown children, and he and his awesome wife have been married for 33 years. Jim and his wife also teach a marriage class together right outside of Los Angeles in Northridge and in Santa Clarita. They teach it a couple times a year. And if you want more information about that marriage class or you want to get in touch with Jim, I'll put his info in the show notes as well. The guy's amazing. You guys are going to love him. Okay. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation and the tools that he mentions along with his awesome insight and experience. God bless you guys. Welcome to a Holy Mess Podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Now, the RAIN technique, this is from Tara Brach, and she wrote, has written a handful of books, but the one, the two I like a lot, there's one called Radical Acceptance, and she wrote another book called Radical Compassion. Shows both of these. I'll send you the link to a really good description of this technique, but she uses this in her counseling. She's a psychologist and comes out of the more mindful tradition, and she uses RAIN, so R-A-I-N. So what RAIN stands for is how to deal with disturbing thoughts, circumstances, situations, feelings that come up. And she says, the first step is the R is to recognize, just stop and even just try to recognize that something's going on. 
And sometimes when we're reactive, we're not even aware of what's going on inside of us, how our body feels, what our emotions are doing, what our head's talking to us about. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. So the first step is just, yeah, you're just in the trance, right? Totally. I actually had that happen this morning to me. I was in the trance of anxiety and I didn't know it. And Gary called me on it and he's like, I think you're just anxious. And I was like, don't tell me what I am. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Just to say, wow, okay, whoa, this is what I'm feeling. And I put some labels to it. Totally. And, and that can be extremely difficult. And a lot of therapy is about language and about getting the right labels. And it's so helpful, right? The language is very powerful. So it's R, R to recognize. A is allow. This A is everything that the radical acceptance book's about. It's learning to allow, learning to accept. And what she says is, is instead of resisting, you invite it in. So they say- Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) So they say that which you resist persist. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So we resist the, they're uncomfortable, they're painful. So it's very easy for us to be resisting these feelings or thoughts or situations. And so she says, man, that this is that choosing to accept, but I'm trying to allow, to invite it in, to try to sit with it. So let's say me with my anxiety. Okay, Jim, invite it in. The more you push it away, you know, the more you feel anxious about being anxious, invite it in, have dinner with it, have tea, tea time, you know, and listen to it. It's telling you something, right? But you now do the step of allowance of acceptance, very hard to do. And then I is investigate. When I allow it in, now I can investigate or some people call it inquiry, but to listen what's going on. Why am I anxious? You know, and sometimes it's just my body. I've been asleep, you know, it's like that. I ate too late last night and I shouldn't have eaten. You know, sometimes it's, I got a family situation and my kid's scaring me. Sometimes it's got X, Y, or Z, right? I'm just starting to try to listen to what's really going on, what's happening in here. Okay. And you're mining it to know what is the need? What do I need? You got to remember we're body, soul, spirit. They're not three separate parts of us. They're all of us. We're all body. We're all soul. We're all spirit. I love that. So sometimes it's like, man, I feel all that my heart rates up a little bit. I feel this tension. My stomach feels a little sick. I'm distracted by this little energy going on in my brain from this anxiety. Okay, what do I need, right? Now I'm trying to do inquiry to understand my experience. That's where journaling can come in, get up and go for a walk, have someone good to talk to. This is what good authors can be really helpful, counselors sometimes. So I'm just doing that inquiry, right? And then N is nurturing. And what you're trying to do in the mindful tradition is you're trying to what they call non-identification. You're trying to see yourself without being yourself. I find this very hard, very hard. It's to sort of see my anxiety, but also see myself from separate from my anxiety. And the most helpful paradigm I can use is see that anxiety as that inner child part of me. That does help me to sort of see it as a 15-year-old or 12-year-old part of me. That can be helpful. But I'm trying to now step right. And then I'm figuring out, okay, what needs nurturing in me? How do I take care of myself? And that, again, may be the walk, that may be journaling, that may be a distraction and go clean the garage and clean your pantry. I mean, it could be, you know, I'm trying now to do that. And it can be a wrestling match because whatever your thing is, your fear, anxiety, depression, whatever those things are, wants to hijack you, wants to become the whole story. It's very powerful. And most of us, by the time we're doing this work, are very used to just going along with the train of our feelings. Totally. (laughs) I don't know. I can't relate. 
I'm not a very silly person. <laughs> yeah, after it steamrolls over you and you're just flattened. <laughs> I don't know what I feel. I just feel everything. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. So just slow it down and listen to it. And then learning how to observe yourself without attaching to yourself. Or attaching to that feeling or that emotion or, or that thought. And then to really be able to deal with it. You know, I thought right. when you right. said the right. part about seeing ourselves from ourselves, like, and I know it seems kind of woohoo. But it's brilliant. Well, part of therapy is taking care of that inner child that's hurting or that part of us that can be a little bit more primitive, right? Because we're more emotion-based or feeling-based or even thought-based. Like seeing it as a child to be able to nurture that part of ourselves, that's actually kind of cute because I don't know, it's when I picture like 41-year-old Danny, do I really want to like pick her up in my arms and cuddle her and coddle her and her anxiety? No, but when I picture four-year-old Danny who was scared to death about something, yeah, I can empathize with that kid who, right. okay, she had anxiety then. So I can go back and figure out how to nurture that right. part of myself. And so finding, you know, you told me a long time ago about putting up old pictures of myself around yeah. my house or just one picture where I can just picture myself as that kid who's struggling, not necessarily right. the 40 year old that's struggling, even though I am right. 40, but right. some of these things were imprinted in our psyche and our brains so long ago and not blaming parents or childhood or just circumstance. We live in a broken world. It rains on the just and the unjust. No one gets to live in the garden of Eden. It's all hard. Yeah. Those ways, right. To think of embody it as that inner child. Obviously there's not a real little part of you and there's a little kid inside you, right. It's not. But we carry, we are the embodiment of all that's happened to us. Yeah. We are all of it. And of course, the more trauma there is, the more it is, the stronger those neural pathways that can be triggered inside of us. And they're powerful, right? That's why they can be hijack you. So trying to find ways to nurture those parts of me and to be able to find the uh, self, really we're trying to do self-regulate and self-parent and ultimately That can be just breathing sometimes, that can be scripture, that can be music, that can be go to Zumba and go dancing, probably a lot of things. Whatever works for you, works for you and keep doing it. So when I'm using my tools, I'm learning how now to nurture and I'm embracing what is and I'm using my techniques as a way to take care of me so that I can go live this life because some of the things in this life ain't going to change. Well, and you brought something up about using our tools. A little caveat to that will be healthy nourishing tools, right? Like if your tool is a line of cocaine and two beers, that's probably not the best decision, right? So differentiating what is a healthy tool. And that's something that, you know, you only, you know, for yourself, even exercise can be taken to at the nth degree. And it's it's now a compulsion and an addiction versus just a healthy exercise regimen. So all of that. Yeah. So no, that's fascinating. Right. Yeah. That's the big joke or the common joke in AA, right? Alcohol wasn't my problem. Alcohol was my solution. (laughs) I don't know. I can't relate. I don't know. But yeah. (laughs) So you're right. That's part of my journey is I'm trying to value myself enough to how to take care of me. So to say, well, you know, I know I'll feel better if I just smoke a joint. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Okay. But now you got to take that apart. Is that truly good for you long-term? Is that going to be helpful long-term? Whatever, right? You got to figure that out. And even cleaning can become another problem by itself, right? That's potentially a problem. So this is not, don't let anybody sell you as if there's some little five-step method that solves all this. We put them in steps just because it helps remember them, but it's not, it's very organic and very dynamic, but I am embracing then that's what I, my responsibility. And I think the goal of life is to grow up before you die. And this is being grown up. This is me taking responsibility for myself. To me, the fruit of it is I'm not the victim. And whatever comes, 
because I've learned how to live today. Whatever comes tomorrow, I will find a way to live that too. I love that. And I like that a lot because it's like, okay, then tomorrow, you know, they say you live in the past with regret or the future with anxiety. That anxiety will just rob me of today. Say that one more time. We live in the past. We often live in the past with regret or the future with anxiety. Oh my gosh, that's so true. We're stuck in these two places, robbing our present and the, you know, today kind of thing. So trying to get us grounded one day at a time, use our tools to embrace what is and then do the the rain and the nurturing and the self-care of what that looks like. And sometimes self-care is like, not necessarily always, oh, I'm just going to go to the spa today. It may be, no, I need to clean my kitchen up. You know, the best way I can take care of myself is do some stuff I've been putting off. Totally. Sometimes you tell your kids to do things they don't like doing because that's the best (laughs) thing for them to go do. You got to do the same thing for yourself. <laughs> Sometimes more so. My kids are more disciplined than I am. <laughs> so yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Totally. But always coming back to grace, always coming back to the realize it's a forever task. Yeah. It doesn't go away. To have victory in Jesus, that even that language sometimes can lead us into shame. Victory is the one day at a time. Like Paul, we were struck down, but not destroyed, persecuted, but not abandoned. Right. We're all cracked pots. That's victory. That's what it looks like. That's the good life. Totally. Totally. And to encounter him one day at a time through our, the daily manna. What is it? The daily manna provides for us is that tools and the community and to live through something a little bit better today than I did yesterday. Right. Maybe. And we do hope over time, right. That I slowly build that muscle of self-care that I truly actually change my neural pathways. There's a book out there. The title is change your brain, change your life. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, tell me how. But it's, some of these practices, they do see some actually neurological changes. Even dieting, people can sort of reset their metabolism a little bit. That's huge, right? The set point kind of thing. Even with some of our anxiety issues and depression issues, I can slowly reset some of that. So that's really nice. Never am I totally done with this journey. Never am I like, not me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be me. But more, as I use my tools, I think there's, I think actually the more I do it, the easier it is to do it. That's what I think. Well, and something you've taught me over the years, which I found for myself, right? Like I labeled myself for years, like, oh, I just doomed to struggle with depression and anxiety my whole life. And what you did was you kind of broke it apart, kind of gave me the 30,000 foot view of like, okay, Danny, you're struggling with this, but let's break it down. You know, you taught me how to Mm -hmm. expect, accept, embrace. And then through embracing it, I've been able to live with it. And I look back and I'm like, gosh, I haven't had a major depression bout in a little while. Like that's huge, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. way more functional now than I was 10 right. years ago, five years. Like I know. So to I know. see that's the healing of God too. Yeah. And all of this to be able to have permission to be in process, right? Uh, remember the Isaiah passage that years ago we talked about. And it says in Isaiah, you will look back and say, you'll see these children all about you. And you wonder, when were these children born in the years of my captivity? Mm-hmm. what happened? I thought I was just captive and something was going on. There was things being born in me, birthed in me that later I'll see. And I'll be, I'll be shocked because I didn't know they were even being birthed. <laughs> well, and those children, right? They could even be like the fruit of the spirit. All of a sudden yeah, I have yeah, joy yeah, yeah. or peace or patience, right. or all of a sudden right. I have a deeper understanding. Or you said something earlier about valuing myself. I know yeah. that was one of my fundamental things. I yeah. hated myself, yeah. but through yeah. the process, yeah. I've learned to value myself and to yeah break that apart. And so that's the child that was born in my bereavement. That's yeah, one of the things. Exactly, and so but exactly. being able to take a step and embrace the process. And yeah. obviously that's the whole goal with therapy, right? It's the process. It's, it's a process. Know, there's no yeah, magic pill. 
Yeah. It's using your tools, right? It's finding them. There's a lot of people that are out there that don't even know that there's support groups out there that could be helpful for them, right? There's people that don't even know the value of breathing or doing yoga or going for a walk every day. There's a lot of authors that have walked this walk before you and me. Totally. We're only a stand on their shoulders, right? So that as we and you and your podcast will start to let people know, here's tools that I've used and use what you can and give me other ones. Well, other ones, yeah. it's interesting too, because even last week I was talking with a friend and she was like, do I need therapy? And I'm like, so pro therapy. Right. And I yeah. remember yeah. several years ago, I'll tell the story really quickly, but I was in a really bad place emotionally and just struggling with depression. And I had connected with Jim a bunch through that season. And I remember one of my friends was checking in with me and I was telling her about different revelations I had had. And she's like, you get these revelations when you work out. Why don't you just work out more? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't worked out in six months. She's like, well, you're always going to the gym. And I'm like, no, Jim's my therapist. (laughs) And I just laugh because, you know, I I know it's hilarious. So thanks, Jim. You're my, you're my gym membership. (laughs) Keep taking your walks. I know. I know. I'm just kidding. No, and I know you're not a magic pill, but one of the things with the process, and I was talking with a friend last week to kind of segue back into that, but she was like, do I need counseling? Do I need therapy? And I'm very pro getting someone else to look at inside your mind to be able to help you. And obviously you want to use discernment and pick a good therapist. Obviously I would want a Christian therapist, you know, that sort of thing, because that's my paradigm in life. If it's not your paradigm, go wherever. There's great different therapies out there. You've sent me to other therapists for different, you know, EMDR therapy for trauma stuff and PTSD stuff. So there's different therapists that handle different things, but being able, there's kind of in the Christian community, I don't know if you see it very much because you're a therapist, but I've talked to Christians who are, do I need therapy? And is it biblical? And to me, it's just blows my mind now after all these years of having amazing therapy through different resources and especially you. And so, yes, absolutely. Therapy is biblical. (laughs) I think it 100% is. And I was thinking about even Lazarus, when Jesus told Lazarus to get up, Jesus said to the disciples around him, unwrap him, take off those dead clothes. He didn't say Lazarus, Take that stuff off of yourself. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. told the disciples to. And so to me, that just paints the picture of like, we need one another to help find perspective. And mm-hmm. there's people out there that mm-hmm. just have more tools than we have in to get through different situations in life. And so anyways, yeah. that was my little yeah, segue. It's, it's all a journey though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, yeah. It's, you know, whether therapy, support group, authors, podcasts, there is a lot of good resources out there, but at least I found in my life, Danny, I've got to sort of immerse myself. I got to fight for it. I got to overlearn it mm-hmm. and relearn it. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like in my life. You know, I don't know. Maybe some people are born up on top of the mountain, but most of us have to claw our way up <laughs> and we totally. fall down a lot and claw up and fall down, you know, okay, that's just my journey totally. you know, as I try to find those tools. I think also the other piece is that as I learn, I slowly start to create an easier life to live in. Okay. Most times when we come to this, we come because our life is like a mess or we is unmanageable in some mm-hmm. way, right? Sure. But by that point, listen, we know we're in our second or third marriage, or we, you know, we got kids that are really bouncing off the walls or are really dysfunctional, or I've done some really damage to my body or whatever, right? But usually by the time we're humbled. And so we come in, in a life that's very hard to live in. So the, in this world, the rich get richer, the poor get poor. Okay. And when you're poor spirit, you tend to create a life that's very hard to live in. 
you know, you make choices, right? So we're slowly then trying to shift the trajectory of that life so I can slowly make better choices for myself and I can create a life that's easier to live. And I don't want to be an all, I have to be an all-star to live my life because I'm not, <laughs> I can't live that life, you know? Totally. I can live an easier life because I've learned how to take it, you know, make better choices. But man, that is a evolution. It's intentional, but it's organic. And it's also long-term. At least in my world, I'm telling you, it doesn't take much to slip backwards. It's easy to go backwards. Totally, yeah. That's not that hard, you know? I like to use this mental picture, but it's like shooting off a rocket, okay? When they shoot the space shuttle off. This rocket is sitting with these two big boosters. I mean, it has like millions of pounds of fuel on this thing. And this ignited, it gets, you know, going off the launch pad. Within about the first quarter mile, it burns up like 90% of the fuel just to get it moving, to get it off the planet. But once it gets up there, all it takes is a little push here, a little push there. It's very little to keep it up there. There's always gravity to pull it back to the earth. But it, you know, if you could do your work, you can stay up there. But man, does it take a lot of work to get off the pad, right? <laughs> totally. In fact, most of us are on the pad with the locks on, right? <laughs> and so learning to get the locks off, which is partly acceptance and openness and reaching out for help and things, but then doing that work to try to launch this thing and get myself to all those hard things I'm trying to do, get fine boundaries, figure out how to take care of myself. These are challenges for totally. all of us. But then I'm totally building a life that's a little easier to live, right? The totally. gravity that would pull me back to my dysfunction, the gravity, the family situations, the bad boundaries, the self-destruction, those things that would pull me back down. And hopefully I keep getting further away. So it's, I'm not just white knuckling life. Totally. Right? I'm, I'm well, living with some peace. You're living the life that you live, right? Like the life that you've got. And so you said yeah. something about yeah. taking off the locks. I think the summary of this episode is you have permission to take off the locks and to get help and to begin to be able to live your life yeah. the best you can with what you've got. And you are not forsaken. You are not forlorn. You are not destined to misery and doom, you actually, no matter what the circumstances, and you and I talk about it all the time about people walking through really hard circumstances, yet how do they have joy? How do they have peace? There's some way God meets us. And that's where the magic is. And we're trying to put words to it, but it's kind of the intangibles that we receive from the process, right? Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. It's wonderful, you know, and and so we give, we want to give hope in the midst of your struggle. You have your own form of it. But somehow in the midst of embracing that and being open with it, together, we're going to help each other live this life. We're going to walk out. And maybe the end, the healing isn't that you magically, you know, have a baby or the kids you do have are wonderful going to Harvard kids or whatever. Maybe that's not the solution. The solution actually, the miracle really is that you're learning how to live life as it is. That's more of a miracle than that mad thing magically change. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Man, Jim, this has been so rich. I cannot thank you enough. I mean, obviously the impact you've had on my life, but for me to be able to share you with my little world is just such a blessing. And so I always tell Jim, he's not allowed to retire. So him and his wife like to travel. So I'm like, just take your computer. You're fine. It's good. Travel all you want. Just don't retire. So anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. That's amazing. I so appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. Anytime. Me on. I want Jim to start a podcast. So maybe we'll start a little hashtag Jim start a podcast. We'll start a movement. So thanks for the free therapy for everybody. All right, Danny. Best that was wishes. Awesome. All right, okay, Jim. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. 
And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.